I'm Kevin Jones. And I'm Chris Moore. And we started the homos on Haunted Hill so that we can throw a party. A horror film party. <laughs> It'll be quite amusing. There'll be madmen and chainsaws and ghosts and perhaps even a few murders. You're all invited. Do you want to die tonight, CC? <laughs> no, she doesn't. She does she not. She never does. <laughs> she she puts up a good fight. Our Buffy, she really does. Before, yeah, before she did Buffy, man, she got she got put through the ringer here on I know we did the summer and this, but yeah. you know. Gosh. She oh. kind of fights back a little bit and yeah. more and I know I know we did last summer. I feel like she gets Definitely. more of a, you know, moment there, but this is more. She throws a yeah. plant at him at one point, but which <laughs> I in a bicycle. I mean, yeah. I would do the same thing. I'm not going to lie. I'd yeah. be like, "Take this yeah. fern, fucker." And then, see, you know, it's just I mean, created. What else are you going to do? Con- continues this franchise's trend of throwing objects at people and <laughs> slamming with doors and <laughs> this is like the physical comedy slasher it franchise because go ghostface takes a lot a lot, lot of spills you yeah. know he's yeah not not the most coordinated guy or girl in or the girl world. um and yet they're always fine at the end when you at the reveal <laughs> they're not yeah, limping around just... like you remember when you hit me with a plant earlier <laughs> that fractured my leg you bitch <laughs> No, they're just like, I'm normal. I'm okay. Well, now, Mickey does have a little tiny gash on his head he from the does. the car trauma. Yes, but, um, yes. But yeah, Debbie, not so much. Yeah, this one, I think, is a little bit easier to figure out who the killers are in, like, most of the... Pl- like, guessing who's doing which of the killings um, mm-hmm. than the first one. Oh, but, oh uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh... Sometimes they tell you right out, and that's that's handy. But and also because both of these characters basically completely disappear for the last act of the film until the mm-hmm. reveal. So you're like, hmm, what happened to those two? Mm, yeah, this is <laughs> true. This is true. <laughs> so yeah, they do set Cotton up a lot here. Like I can yes. see, you know, we'll we'll talk about. Apparently, there was you know some different plans, but uh, oh yes, yes, many drafts of the script. This was one yes. of the one of the first big internet leaks of all time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point where they had to go back in and uh, rewrite a good ch- chunk of stuff because it had been spoiled on the internet. Yeah. The new world of the internet. Yeah. America was online. <laughs> AOL. Yeah. You've got mail. Oh. Boy, did we. We had so boy, much did mail. We. <clears throat> so much <laughs> This is before spam. It was just the, the emails you wanted. It was good mail. It was, uh, Classy good mail. mail. Ah, the early days of the internet, yes. Mm. It was uh, a wild west of sorts. You it know, was. It, it could be anything you wanted it to be. You go in yeah. your chat rooms. and You could be anything you wanted, really. Yeah. You could be like, true. like sometimes, I probably shouldn't admit this, but I would get on chat rooms and like pretend to be like a divorced mom of two <laughs> and just, be like, just for fun. It was cool. Well, they had all these uh, like chat rooms that were devoted. Yeah, well, they had chat rooms devoted to, like role playing and everything else. Yeah. So you know, you could, you could, yeah, it's true. You could pretty much be whoever you wanted to be. And some people use that for bad. But you know, yeah. if you're pretending to be a divorced <laughs> mom, I think that's okay. I don't think you're hurting anybody doing. That. I don't know what that was about. I haven't seen a shrink about it, but I was like, this seems fun. <laughs> I was like, it's like sometimes that. my husband yells really loud, and I have to drink an extra <laughs> glass of wine. It's really bad. <laughs> it's like that meme of uh 
someone commented on my tweet that uh, uh, not funny two years ago. So then I catfished them and uh, it's been two years and I'm inviting them to a restaurant. <laughs> and when they get there, I'm just going to give them a uh, I'm going to have the waiter give them a picture that just says not funny on it. <laughs> <laughs> that oh, is aspirational good. right there. It is. It is. Yes. It's also Scream 5 week. It is happy Scream Five it's week, everybody! Happy, uh, five cream. How exciting! Rub it all is over this? your body. Get ready. I mean, and yeah. that's what people on the Twitter are doing because I have just joined <laughs> the Twitter, and I'm trying to avoid the Scream spoilers, which will probably mm-hmm. be very difficult. And yeah. um, and everyone seems very excited about this because there was some press screenings and people are yeah. enjoying it. But I'd like to remind everybody. There was another film in 2018 that the press really <laughs> fucking loved, and uh, yeah. we did not. So yeah. I'm a little scared. I'm a little frightened of what might be. I don't know. You never know. I don't trust. You know, it's I, I'm keeping my expectations tempered. Like I'm. Mm-hmm. I did listen to the score, mm-hmm. and it's quite solid. It's a good score. It's definitely. Yeah. It's got. It's a good score. It's got a very Marco Beltrami vibe to the point where I'm like, why don't you just hire Marco, Marco Beltrami? True, but true. It's. I guess it's was, very solid. It's got some. Maybe yeah. he asked for too much money or he was unavailable or he was like it's i'm possible. done with scream it's possible i think they'd worked with uh brian tyler on a previous film so they were mm-hmm. like let's continue to that and he I, after we did the episode on terror tract i was like this guy gets it like yeah. it's 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 you know he gets the sort of melodrama Absolutely. of what these movies are supposed to be and very mm-hmm. over the top and uh yeah we'll see it's yeah. uh it, it seems pretty much forlorn that at least one of them is going to die, you yeah, know, in this next yeah. one. Like, it's Sorry, just everybody. the reality of the situation. It's you know, I get it. And I'm always of two thought, top, two minds about it because it's like on the, on the one hand, uh, somebody kind of needs to die. It's been mm-hmm. like five movies. Yeah. But on the other hand, like, you know, I've been with these character, characters for 25 years. Like, I don't want to see any of them I die. Know. So it's just always oh, a... <laughs> it's going to break me. But, I, you know, I yeah. would rather they take a big risk than just have them survive again because then it would just be like what's the point yeah. you know I, I i guess they they I, they they do need some danger in, in there you know which this is, is a hot take so. i kind of think they shouldn't have brought him back at all um i kind of mm-hmm. wish they would have just let them live their lives and be happy and why do we need to bring them back into this for yeah. a fifth time like yeah i'm happy to see them again but uh, i'm just it's kind of cruel like bringing these characters I mean, back and putting them through this shit again i could know? understand if gail would keep returning because like yeah. she's like oh cool another story awesome yeah but like just sydney's like a mom now like just let her be you know yeah let her be yeah. happy i think she's earned it they could have like given her like a zoom call cameo or yeah. something you know yeah <laughs> we don't we don't need her coming back to woodsboro <laughs> yeah hasn't she been through enough i know and if this turns it turns out to be another fucking family member so help me god i will burn the screen (laughs) i mean there's no one else like hey sydney remember me i was your uh fourth cousin we met at that barbecue that time and you never knew that i i stabbed your mother in the eyeball like uh, what the fuck dude when all the new characters are relatives of Mm-hmm. people too it seems yeah. like or most of them are so it's it's I, yeah, I i'm curious you know yeah. i'm going in with an open mind and mm-hmm. like like we said it's nice to be hearing some good buzz about it yeah and uh definitely we'll see you know yeah i'm excited i'm gonna Sorry. i don't know when i'm gonna make it to the theater i might try friday morning when the kids are maybe that in school is my goal hopefully yeah like first yeah. show because no one's ever there and it's nice and calm yeah. and i like that yeah I, I, I was going to wait night. until Monday. I, I don't do that anymore. Yeah, so. I'm not doing it. I was going to yeah. wait until Monday, and then I'm like, that's Martin Luther King Day, so that's probably going to be packed. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah. 
So yeah, man, uh, I'll try. Yeah, I know we're probably not going to talk about it next week in our Scream Three episode, mm-hmm. but we might get into it a little bit in our Scream Four episode. Yeah. So you never know. We'll put a big spoiler warning on it, and yeah. you know, say skip forward if you don't want to hear mm-hmm. anything, and you know. Sometimes we forget to do that, but we'll make sure to do that. Yeah, sorry. Sorry about it. <laughs> yeah. Although, if you're listening to our show, just know there's going to be spoilers everywhere. Yes. Yeah. You know, you know it's and we're kind of covering the whole franchise this yeah. month, so we've already spoiled things about like Scream Three in the previous mm-hmm. episode. But you know, we assume you've seen them. Hopefully, I would. I would assume so. We're not judging you if you haven't. In fact, we envy no. you that you have not taken this lovely journey yet. This cinematic journey. Yeah. Um, but really, why are you listening to us if you haven't seen it? I mean, that's kind of on you. Yeah. I was going to say. Yeah, you, you might want to just uh, take a pause and go watch the movies, you know? They're out yeah. there. And It's like, we're going to talk oh. about this movie, but we're not going to talk about this movie. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> we're going to talk around this what movie. What do you really? expect us to say? <laughs> like, <laughs> in the second scene, I thought the production design was beautiful. Yeah. Um, not going to spoil anything, but... Well, it's one of those franchises, too. There's so many little things that carry over from film to film that you mm-hmm. kind of have to, like, you have to have the whole picture before yeah. you can, you know, really dig into it. So it's 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 just how it is. It's, I like uh, this franchise because it, it almost feels like each one is like a new se- season of a TV, a TV show. Yeah. It's like yeah, you, you bring back absolutely. the ones you love. You add in some new char- characters. It's mm-hmm. basically the same thing every movie, but slightly yeah. different. And I yeah. appreciate that. It's yeah. calming Yeah, comfortable. I yeah, comfortable. Yeah, it's a very like comfortable it. franchise. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, I had to turn off my heater there. Oh. I'm burning up. <laughs> the episode where Kevin spontaneously combusts. <laughs> oh, that's happened a few times already. I just I come back together, but. <laughs> good for you. That's good. I know. I know. You can't keep me down. <laughs> oh. oh. Well. Man. 1997. Uh, All right. I already gave a whole spiel about the 90s last week, so go listen to that episode if you haven't yet. Uh, I'm not going to get into that too much. In 97, you know, it's uh, the economy starting to boom. That's nice. The internet is taking off, like we said. Um, everybody's starting to look forward to the millennium. And uh, for a hot sec here, pop culture gets pretty quippy and campy for a few years, you know? Um and you get all those uh, really gay boy bands and girl groups for a while, and they're taking over, and you get the Joel Schumacher gay Batman movies, and uh, the James Bond movies get a little bit lighter, too. Everything just gets a little bit lighter and mm-hmm. quippier and campier for a little bit. Um, doesn't last very long, but it's out there. It really uh, doesn't, no. Yeah. Um, Buffy premieres in 1997 as well on the WB. Um, so yeah, there's a lot going on here. And uh, of course... The original Scream has just been this surprise mega hit at the start of the year here, and mm-hmm. uh, grossing $173 million against a $15 million budget, which Woo. is, for for that time period in particular, is a lot in mm-hmm. particular. Um, so studios take notice of this very quickly, and Dimension Films uh, greenlights Scream, Scream 2 in March 1997. Meanwhile, Columbia Pictures rushes another one of Kevin Williamson's slasher scripts to screen i know he did last summer which is loosely based on lois duncan's novel of the same name even though she hated the movie <laughs> but there you go but what would you and think of that... the tv series that was just canceled i don't know <laughs> i don't know who knows i watched one episode and i just i, I couldn't so <laughs> i don't know uh yeah and that that film opened in october and did really well also 
And on top of that, Kevin Williamson is working on a little show called Dawson's Creek, which is going to start up on the WB in January 1998. So he's got a lot going on here in 97. It stresses me um, out. I know. I can't imagine it. And he's about to get Halloween H2O and the oh. faculty and teaching Mrs. Tingle in the pipeline. So Too it's just, much. Let the man rest. I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Like, just this four-year period here was just nuts. Mm. Um, and uh, like we said last week, it's very notable that he is an openly gay man. And uh, for a couple years here, you get a lot of openly gay men um, hired to write these horror films. Um, I think, again, because it is kind of a campy mm-hmm. uh, period here. I mean, you get Don Mancini's coming back for Bride of Chucky, mm-hmm. um, Sylvia Horta, R.I.P. Mm-hmm. for Urban Legend. Um, they get John Ottman to direct Urban Legend's Final Cut. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jeffrey Riddick wrote Final Destination. He's gay. Yeah. Aaron Harberts wrote Valentine. It's just... It, there's a lot of gay here. <laughs> gay old time. It's a gay old time, yeah. Um, uh, and of course, you know, Wes Craven has returned to direct Scream 2. I thought you were about to say he was gay too. I was like, Kevin, I think <laughs> you're going too far. <laughs> I don't think he was gay. <laughs> Let's really dig in here. And <laughs> I think if you look, below, read, read the cues here, read the right below the surface. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, if only, but no, yeah. not Wes Craven. Uh, he's an honorary gay. He's an honorary gay. Yeah. Yes, exactly. He, he he got the gay. Yeah. He understood how to harness the gay. <laughs> harness the gay like a strap-on. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, I think sometimes we take things just a little bit too far. So he was able to be like, let's just tone it back just a little <laughs> <Yeah>. bit. And <laughs> he knew when to pull the quips and when yep. to send them out. Exactly. You know, he probably cut a couple drag queens from Kevin Williamson's script. You know, probably. just you know, just I, enough. To, like... I have a feeling that the Rebecca Gayhart and Portia de Rossi roles were meant to be drag queens. <laughs> yeah, I'm not probably. sure, but it's possible. Oh, the, the real stars, the stars of the movie is. <laughs> you mean the killers in Five Cream? Oh, yes. If only. If only. <laughs> what if that was the case? <laughs> I'm just picking them on the phone like, hello, Sydney. No, I really mean that. Hello. <laughs> you like it harmonica style? <laughs> God, safe sex saves the day. Yeah. Oh, wow. they're lovely. They're great. They're yeah, camp icons here. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the budget gets a big increase. We go from $15 million to $24 million. Wow. Um, which all goes to that stage design, I bet. Oh, I bet. <laughs> and, <laughs> and like the big like Danny Elfman score that's like, ah! yes. like whoa. Uh, yeah, I, I always forget he wrote that. Yeah, yeah. The, the Cassandra's aria for this. Uh, <laughs> There's an aria uh, in this, Mar- y'all. It's a classy movie. Yeah, I know. I know. Marco Beltrami comes back. Mm-hmm. Uh, better than ever. Wait, better than ever. It, it, it's just interesting how much people praise this score because it's like, yes, uh, it's him, but it's also Danny Elfman. It's also Hans Zimmer. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a, little, a couple different a little uh, dribble of Mr. Here. Zimmer in there, which yeah. we I think we talked about in the last one. Um, right. It's a temp right. piece that was kept because they liked it. And so mm-hmm. what are you going to do? Yeah, it works very well. Yes. Yes, just wait till Scream 3. That theme will be back again. It's beautiful. And, uh, just keeps coming. And uh, Patrick Luzier returns to edit. Mm-hmm. Uh, acclaimed director of Dracula 2000. <laughs> Listen, I rewatched a documentary about Scream, and yeah. he was all on there, and I find him very attractive. 
He's very cute. Was this cute. the still screaming? Yes. He's, yes. He's very he's cute. Very attractive. Yes. And he knows what mm-hmm. he's doing with his cutting, you know. Mm-hmm. I like him mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. He gets it. He gets the... He really kind of kicked off this whole jump cut editing thing that was really popular in the uh, last couple years here. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, because, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really kind of impossible to overstate how much impact Scream had on everything that came out in the last couple years of the uh, 21st, 20, 20th century. There you go. 20th century. Yes. Yes. Um, everything suddenly had this like quippy jump cut editing. Uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, the violence is pulled back a little bit, but it's still, you know, engaging and everything else. And uh, uh, very commercial, mm-hmm. I would say, you know, yeah. um, we glossy. get the big name actors. Yeah. yeah. Glossy, glossy. Everything's very clean. Yes. Uh, we get some actors who are a little bit more established than you would usually see in horror mm-hmm. movies, etc., etc. And, uh, so filming on this began in June 1997. Uh, it was a very rushed six-month production schedule. I can't even fucking imagine like how fast they got this movie up and going. Yeah, shit. And uh, it's insane. Um, the release release date was set for December 12th, and they hit that date. So good for oh them. God, it's just insane. Like and that's with like the script leaks and all that. That's just oh my god. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you essentially had. Scream basically open at the beginning of that year. You know, mm-hmm. it was uh, technically it was December. What was it, twenty second or something? Something like that. But yeah. something like that. But like basically, it was still in theaters in January. Mm-hmm. So it, it's and then you have another film coming out at the end of the year. It's just that's insane. It's a I, little I yeah. yeah. Woo. Like, Man, like you, you you just don't see it today. Like that just doesn't happen. Like in between Halloween movies, well, it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> this period has been so fucking weird. But well, I guess yeah. there was still. Um, because yeah, there was, was supposed to be at least one year, right? no, two years, right? Mm-hmm. Between what was supposed to happen. Yeah, they were. Halloween? They did. Okay, the 2018. 18. And then and it was supposed to come out in 2020. 2020. And then they were going to yeah. go into production pretty much right after that was shot. Or I think right. they might have. They were going to shoot them back to back, I think. That's right. And yeah. then they yeah. were like, that. this one took too long. So we're, we're just going to wait. And while they waited, then here comes COVID. And they're like, uh, I guess we'll have to wait some yeah. more. <laughs> so, That's right. That's right. You know. Um, but yeah, very quick turnaround here. Mostly shot in Los Angeles, uh, South Pasadena, and Atlanta, Georgia, um, which is supposed to represent Ohio. But okay, oh, okay, yeah, that's uh, uh, why not. That's the movie magic, right. I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okey dukes. Uh, why? Why did they go to Ohio anyway? Like, it, we, I guess you just wanted to get know. away, and it, it's kind of strange it's they all ended the, up in uh, this place. Theater yeah. department was just killer there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if David Warner is the head of the theater department you know it's good yeah yeah i guess she's a theater major i assume anyway yeah, or maybe she's is dewey there again i still can't remember why he's there i guess he just goes to check on her because he hears about okay that makes something sense. that was yeah. going on um, because randy it makes sense like maybe they really bond, bonded yeah. over the events and maybe they have a good film mm. program there so he wants to go there too and yeah i can it's, allow yeah, that well he's a he's obsessed with sydney too yes. so he's probably He's like, if I follow her to college, maybe she'll fall in love with me there and yada, yada, yada. Oh, Randy. It's a, it's a real shame that that doesn't work out for you. Yeah. It might have something to do with that horrible facial hair that he has in th- this one. <laughs> yeah. I find it very disturbing. It's true. If he, if he got rid of that, he'd be yeah. a looker there. But Exactly. But unfortunately, you had to do that, and uh, yeah. it didn't work out. That's why you died, Randy. It's they true. don't tell you that, yeah. but that's why. 
<laughs> anytime you have like a nerd in a movie, they have to do something to make someone who's attractive look a little bit less attractive. Yeah. <laughs> we'll put some glasses on them and put some Vaseline in their hair. That'll do it. Like, it's all right. The Princess Diaries effect. Yeah, <laughs> let's just forget the chiseled jawline. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, like... <laughs> exactly. Um, the opening scene was filmed over three days in Vista, the Vista Theater on Sunset Drive, Hollywood. Um, in Hollywood. The exterior represented the Rialto Theater in South Pasadena, California. Um, due to the large number of extras present on scene, um, a lot of details ended up being leaked on the internet, so that was the first time there was any sort of leak that happened. Yeah, it's bound to happen. And then, not long after that, we had this huge mega leak where, uh, you know, a, li- a big portion of the script was leaked online, which revealed plot details, including the identity of the killers. Mm. Um, if I recall, there were supposed to be four killers. Good and, Lord. Uh, that said, there has been some like conflicting stuff about this in recent years. Yeah. I saw Kevin Williamson has come out and said that that was a dummy script. But also, why did he wait twenty years to to say this? You know. Yeah, because um, because I've heard that originally the killers were Derek and Hallie, right? Right. And Derek then and I Hallie. Think maybe Mrs. Loomis popped in there at the end or something. And then I think Cotton ended up like killing everybody. I don't know. It was weird. Yeah, there were there were four killers. That's all I remember from the. Thing. Let me see if I can find it. That's a lot. Yeah, 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 that's a lot. That would have been um, one busy finale. Yeah. Um. So in 2017, he said that that was not the script that was actually intended. It was a dummy draft that was leaked onto the internet. But again, I don't know why it took him 20 years to reveal this information, if, it, if that's true, but who knows. Hmm. Um, but up until that point, it, it had always been assumed that the draft was legit and that's why they did all these rewrites and everything else um so oh. uh, i guess believe whatever you want to believe folks you know it's yeah. the, the the scream mythos here who knows um, i guess i'll believe mr w- williamson i mean I, I mean that's what he says he that, would you know, know. That it, it was he wrote yeah. it yeah um uh what but then you know security was reportedly uh increased a lot after this script was quote unquote leaked and um everybody was required to sign non-disclosure agreements which you would think they would have already had to assign those but you know that's that's how that's how it goes um but the internet was this new thing you know that people they didn't really know what was going to pop up and you know what was going to happen uh you know it was around this time or a little bit later when uh uh, you find out President Clinton is you know, having an affair with Monica Lewinsky because of this report that's posted on the Drudge Report online. And uh, so this internet, this is really the first time the internet has been used to reveal all this shit about people's lives and mm-hmm. everything else. And they don't, they don't know the sort of tool that it can be to uh, mess things up. Exactly. But just wait. <laughs> oh. oh, yes. Just wait. Just you wait. Just you wait. Um. So there were a lot of titles considered for this movie. There was Scream Again and Scream Louder and uh, Scream the Sequel. If it was Very made now, they just call it Scream. They would just call it Scream. Shit. <laughs> Let's conf- confuse them all. Uh, no one's ever going to call this movie Scream. No, I'm sorry. It's, it's always going to be Scream 5 or it's 5 Cream on. or whatever. You know, it's come ridiculous. on. Yeah, it's Come on. Who y'all fooling? Uh, um, in terms of casting, of course, we get Nev Campbell back. She was already contracted to con- contracted <laughs> contracted. There we go. She contracted, contracted, contracted the scream virus. 
It's been with her <laughs> ever, ever since. <laughs> Which, uh, by the way, happy um, 20th anniversary to the ring this year. Oh, yes. Ta-da. Wonderful. Uh, aside there. But yes, uh, she was already contracted to reprise her role as Sydney. Um, and then they added sequel options for Courtney Cox and David Arquette and Jamie Kennedy and Lee Schreiber, who again was in like two seconds of Literally Scream. Literally two seconds. I don't even think we talked about him in the last episode. We mentioned episode. the fact that he was there for like two seconds. And that's about <laughs> he's it. He's literally just on screen for yeah. Two, yeah. two seconds. Yeah. Uh, so that was some uh, planning there. I, it, it, they really could have hired anyone they wanted to get the role. So that was kind of lucky for him that mm-hmm. he was there for like two seconds and then he got yeah. this whole big part out of it. So good for him. Uh, and then, of course, they brought back Roger L. Jackson because this movie doesn't really work without that voice. It I swear. Not. It's so good. It's so good. Um, hopefully he never passes away. You know, oh, knock on wood here. <laughs> don't even jinx it. I no. know. I know. Uh, and then it was just kind of a matter of rounding out the rest of the cast. This is a big film. Like, oh the, in terms of cast, it, the, it's just, it's, it's huge. Humongous, um, yeah. Cast. And, and you know, to be fair, you don't get to know them as well as the OG characters, mm-hmm. but there's that's partly because there are so many of them. There's like 50 <laughs> main characters in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Because you got the returning people. And then, of course, you get Sarah Michelle Geller, who was in between filming Buffy and um, was also had also recently just done I Know We Did Last Summer, like we said. Um, so she had a busy year, year in 97 mm-hmm. as well. She was pretty much constantly working. And then you get Elise Neal. And this was kind of one of her big breakout roles here. Mm-hmm. Um, she would then go on to do the Hughley's sitcom for several years. And you get Jerry O'Connell, who was, of course, known for Stand By Me and uh, Jerry Maguire and a couple different TV shows, um, Sliders, um, Timothy Oliphant. This was his first, like, big role, which is interesting. He did um, The First Wives Club right before oh, this, but right. this yeah. was his. Yeah, I always forget he's in that, but yeah. Yeah, he's, it's yeah. like that. He's the director, right? Director, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. God, that's so random. By Simonique is, like, ancient, you know, <laughs> the, the, the crypt keeper. <laughs> Angela Lansbury's movie. <laughs> 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 so good, so good. Yeah, he had mainly done theater before this, and uh, they brought him in here. To, uh, and he's great in this role. He's 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 a wonderful, very mm-hmm. attractive. Oh, very yes. very attractive. He's just gotten more attractive. I know. Don't he's more attractive now. Weird. He was. That's, it's like that is. How do yeah. people do that? You know. I don't know. That's mm. odd. Good for he's you nuts. though. Good for you. Um, and of course, the 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 real queen here, uh, Laurie Metcalf. Mm. Mm. You know, just mm. wonderful. Oh. Fantastic. Fresh off of nine years um, on Roseanne, mm-hmm. which she is still doing that show, so, <laughs> technically, because she's in the Connors. She knows crazy, and boy, does she, she bring she it. She gets it. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. I fucking love that show, but, you know, Roseanne Barr these days, yeah. as everyone knows, is a fucking crackpot. A little, a little cracky. <laughs> a, a little nutty. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, bless her. <laughs> Jesus. It's, it's so, and then you know after that it was just rounding out all these smaller roles smaller mm-hmm. but important roles like mm-hmm. you know we get um david arquette's father lewis to mm-hmm. play the sheriff and uh dwayne dwayne martin as the cameraman joel, oh, joel. jada pinkett smith and omar smith or omar, omar smith omar, omar smith. <laughs> they're not married. Like, if you're about <laughs> to tell married. me jada has come out once again and said something about <laughs> their sex life and how omar <laughs> Epps is her second husband. I'm going to lose my mind. 
Well, she hasn't put out her memoir memoir yet, so maybe it'll be in there. <laughs> There's we'll still see. hope. <laughs> There's still time. We met on the set of Scream 2, and <laughs> I said, well, let's add him to our marriage. <laughs> Sparks flied, and everything I mean, worked out. I can un- understand it, because it's Omar yeah. Epps. And, like, Omar Epps is very on. attractive, yeah. yes. <laughs> like, why not? <laughs> yes. Um, and Jada was fresh off of Demon Knight, and oh, uh, Demon the Nutty Professor, so and A Different World, and... Mm-hmm. Um, so good for her. Yeah. And uh, Epps had just done Juice and Higher Justice and uh, a couple other films in the early 90s here. He would then go on to do the acclaimed Dracula 2000 as well. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if this was part of like a package deal. Like, oh, you want to be, in the, be. in the new Scream? Well, yeah. if you agree to do Dracula 2000. <laughs> like, oh, well, whatever. I'll do it. <laughs> I think we might have to cover Dracula 2000 sometimes. Oh, it is just please. a trip and a half. <laughs> One of the most ludicrous twists <laughs> I have ever seen in a film, ever. My Catholic uh, school loved the twist. I'm sure. They I'm were like, sure. oh, it ties into the Bible? It all fits. Man. <laughs> Let's watch this in religion class. And we did. Yes. and <laughs> That's what they taught me in Catholic school. Did you actually Latina. watch that in class? We watched the last act of the movie with the, with That's the, insane. the twist. Because they were like, this is teaching Bible wow. accuracy. I don't know what the fuck they were thinking. I was like, but you know what? We don't have to do work. I'm okay with there that. There we go. There we go. Yes. Roll in that TV and VCR, buddy. If you want to tell me how The Lion King is really just about Jesus Christ, I don't care. You, you know, just roll it in. sit me in front of that TV. I'll believe what you have to say. <laughs> yes. Ah, <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, yeah. yeah, and then of course, you know, just to put the... Uh, cherry on the cake here. We got Portia de Rossi and yeah, Rebecca Gayhart. Mm. And uh, perfect casting. The stars Wonderful of the casting. film. The stars of the casting. Yeah. This is uh, Rebecca's origin story for Urban Legend, I think. you know, I would believe it. it. Anyway. Yeah. It's like she learned from the killer in this movie and went to another mm-hmm. college mm-hmm. and just became them. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's true. That was a, a big thing in this couple-year period with, like, all the teen movies. Like, you would see actors uh, in one that would mm-hmm. be in another one, and a lot of times people would be contracted to do something else yeah. with Dimension Films. And it was, um, like, we talked about the faculty, how you had, like, Selma Hayek in there, and then but she had also been con- con- contracted for other films, and it's just, it's an uh, interesting time period there. Yeah, they were um, just kind of hopscotching through each movie. I liked it. Yeah. It, was, it nice. was cool. It made it feel like there was like an interconnected universe of sorts. It was, it was like fun. a a big studio star system again. It it was mm-hmm. back. It was back. They just didn't have Ann Miller. Where was Ann nope. Miller during this time? <laughs> she could have been in the faculty tapping down that they hall. Pi- they had Piper Laurie. They had they Piper. Have... <laughs> Where's <laughs> Ann? <laughs> Where's Lorna Luft when you need her? <laughs> If only. I know. Only. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Scream 2 premiered on December 10th, 1997 at the Grauman's Chinese Theater in Hollywood. Classic. The, the, the classy theater that where everybody goes and uh, followed by a general release on December 12th, 1997. Less than one year after the release of Scream, which is crazy. That is fucking nuts. I, I can't even imagine like how much stress. God. And up. Uh, and for this movie to be as solid as it is, yeah. given all the shit that fucking happened, is a testament to Wes Craven. 
Kevin Williamson, everyone else, you know, it's just... Well, now, Kevin did have an outline for the first three, right? That's what I always yes. heard. He, he had an idea yes. of where it was going to go. And, of course, three, mm. you know, didn't really go exactly where it was supposed to go. No. But we'll I, I'm, I'm assuming two was basically what he had in mind? I, I don't know. I would guess. So, yeah, I, I've never seen, like, the actual outline, but yeah. it's probably similar. I, I know he wanted to take him to college, so that was... And he succeeded. It, so. <laughs> he succeeded. There you go. <laughs> If I remember, he was also away a lot working on Dawson's Creek. So, mm. uh, you know, when he, again, this is according to rumors, but he would have to send pages there and they'd be working off of uh, from day to day type thing. And um, sometimes the details wouldn't be filled in. So Wes Craven had to fill some things in himself. And uh, but, you know, they, they were a good team and uh, they always worked together really well. Uh, yeah, I did hear that, like, he would sometimes write us. A a scene and it, it it would just kind of be the dialogue and then he he yeah. he'd say and wes makes it scary yeah i'm like okay that well that's it's a lot of uh pressure for mr craven to be like okay what do it, i do with is. this i can't imagine him trying to get this film up and going yeah. uh, with everything going on this year yeah mm. nuts nuts unbelievable um but it was worthwhile you know it was a, yeah. a huge success just like scream was it mm-hmm. earned um, 172.4 million against a 24 million dollar budget. Uh, it's um, the studios were so nervous about this film being successful that they pushed back the release date of Titanic and um, the new James Bond wow. film by a week, which Whoa. is insane. I mean, um, in all fairness, though, what could really compete against Titanic? You know, I mean, that's... well, yes. Yes. That movie ran for like a fucking year. Right. Like little little did they know how big of a hit that was going to be. Yeah. They, they pushed it back a, a week because they thought it was going to conflict too much with Scream 2, but then it ended up, of course, being this huge <laughs> mega fucking hit, God. you know? It's um, hard to believe those came out around the same time. That's so weird. I know. I, I, yeah, I never think about that, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Any good uh, options of what to see in theaters you know that's it was a pretty good time there yeah yeah now it's just superhero movies and the occasional horror movie and animated movies that's about it yeah i think right now at my theater it's just like spider-man on like 16 screens i'm like thank you (laughs) for the (laughs) variety that's great that's what's missing yeah in the 90s you had so many options and you had comedy films where are all yeah. the comedy movies i miss them so much yeah they're, they're gone they're just they're, they're just like, like a, people don't want to laugh anymore a nice like middle-aged nancy myers movie you know yeah who do yeah. i have to fuck to get one of those movies made <laughs> okay i'll do it God <laughs> take one it. for the team over here fuck i'll do it for my fellow man all right <laughs> god yeah oh. it's sad it's i I don't even on streaming platforms. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen a lot of good uh, comedy movies lately, no. so I think it's just the, the pandemic. It's I think people just don't want to laugh, and they should be laughing because yeah. that's how you deal with this shit. Hopefully, right. at least I do. You know, exactly. It's... This is why I have to rewatch the Golden Girls every fucking night because exactly. there's nothing yeah. else that's funny anymore. I know oh. it's sad, Man. <sighs> mm. but this film is funny, so that's good. It's, it's scary. It's funny. funny. It's yeah. you know, it's got everything. It's very much like Scream in that regard that it, it yeah. gives you a little bit of everything and. Uh, keeps you uh, keeps your thirst quenched there we go yep. and, yes um, it's like gatorade gatorade scream Two. gatorade yes, yes. <laughs> was there a tie-in with gatorade because there should be the fear of quencher yes i only date guys who drink gatorade <laughs> you know 
if only. Uh, critics were very kind, even kinder than they were on screen. Um, uh, Ebert liked it quite a bit. He didn't like it quite as much as the first one, but he still liked it again. Even Siskel liked this one. Siski. Which is crazy. Siski, Siski. Hey, Siski. what's going on? Well, what was he smoking? Yeah, I know. He said, what did he say? The writing is smarter, and the number of characters being juggled in the screenplay is notable. Uh, normally, you have a row of ducks getting knocked off in these slasher films, and here I got to know some of the ducks. <laughs> Thank mm. you, Siskel. I got to know some of the ducks. Print that. Stick it on the Pope <laughs> poster. Got a hit. High praise, indeed. <laughs> There's no ducks in this movie. He's <laughs> lost it. Ducks? Siskel's they lost it. They were geese. Okay. <laughs> Oh, Siski. Siski, Siski, Siski. Um, yada, 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 yada. Uh, we know, as always, some places were a little more mixed than others, but in general, it was uh, quite a bit of praise here. I think after the first one, people kind of understood what was going on more mm-hmm. with these kind of meta horror films, and they were like, okay, I'm getting this. I'm getting into this. And uh, this one just really doubles, doubles down on all the meta stuff from the mm-hmm. first one, so... Um, uh, I, I, the, any criticisms most of the big criticisms were about like the death of Randy people didn't like that he was killed off oh, which yeah. is like okay but you have to kill somebody again or else exactly. it ends up like it is now where it's they're just forever living forever, yeah. so, they, yeah. they, they really yeah. had to they, see that's what I like about this one is I, I think it's the last one of the franchise so far that still has kind of a mean streak like it's 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 sure. gonna go to those dark places whereas three didn't really go yeah. anywhere dark and then four kind of just felt like the first one reheated no one really sure. important died um but th- this one has the guts to kill off a fan favorite and i always appreciated that because it was yeah it's it true. was brave four is difficult because you don't really care about the new people no not and, really, no. and i think part of that is intentional we'll get to when we talk oh, about yeah, four yeah. because I think that movie is a giant middle finger to reboots in general, but yeah. um, so you're not really supposed to care that much about the, the new characters. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, yeah, it's it. You're right. This is the first one that had really any sort of danger for the original characters. Yeah. Um, uh, what else? What else? Um, and you know, there's there's a little bit of criticism about just the, the fact that it it does juggle so many characters, and as a result, it's kind of hard to really guess anything, which is could be a pro or, or a con. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of get what they're saying. Like, it's a pro in the sense that you can't really... It's hard to piece it together, so it is right. kind of a surprise at the end. But it's kind of a con in the sense that, like, you don't know anyone's motives until the very end because mm-hmm. there's no really clues really built into it. I mean, maybe a little tiny bit here and there, but not much. Yeah, like, um, I, I, I know when I first saw the movie and the, and the mask first came off and it was mickey at first i was like yeah. who is that again who wait right. what because we hadn't right. seen him since like halfway through the movie and i was like oh yeah. oh right the guy who just randomly disappears okay cool yes it's 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 juggling a lot of characters in here yeah. um it uh, kind of similar to something like uh uh god damn it now i'm gonna forget the name the Agatha Christie train one that oh uh, murder on of. the Orient Express murder on yes. the Orient Express yeah there's a lot of characters in that one too it's it's just uh, it keeps you guessing which again mm-hmm. I I think is overall a positive but I, I do kind of understand some of the criticisms about like the new characters don't get quite as much development as the returning characters mm-hmm. but you already kind of know them too so that's yeah, that's so part of it too yeah, you it's, already it's hard have that stuff built in from the first movie so yeah. 
Yeah. They're kind of coming into it with a bit of goodwill that's been built up. Yeah. So. And like you said, it is kind of like a TV show in the sense that it, now we're on season two, so mm-hmm. we're bringing back those characters and still yeah. going to mostly be focused on those characters. Exactly. So you just kind of kind of roll with that and yeah. uh, go with that. Uh, Nev Campbell got a, an MTV Movie Award for her best female performance. There so you go. Good there for you, go. you, Nev. Good for Nev. And her and Courtney Cox were both nominated for Saturn Awards. So oh. there you go. Um, our dear Tori Spelling was nominated for a Razzie for Worst New Star. Oh, that's just cruel. I think <laughs> she's fair. wonderful she's, in this. And she's a she's great, great sport, too. Come on. Yeah, she's supposed to be, like, satirical, over the top here. I don't. <laughs> the fact that she saw the first one and was like, yeah. oh, ouch, that kind of kind hurt. And then mm. she agreed to do part, part two and spoof the whole thing, I think is just, yeah. that's a good, strong woman right there good for her yeah, yeah. self-effacing mm-hmm. you got to give them credit when they do stuff like that you i know? love it it's so great good for her good mm-hmm. for her. um yeah that's most of the production stuff i'm sure again there's a lot of little details that i'm leaving off but you y'all can go read you know yeah. you have eyeballs so go go read it and figure it out yeah, and um that is right um any big things i mean it's a great sequel. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, it's just it's it's up there with like Dream Warriors and Child's Play Two and totally. Psycho Two. It's just mm-hmm. it's just a great fucking sequel. You yeah, know? It, it brings back everything that we loved about the first one, but kind of raises yep. the stakes a bit. Yeah, it's funnier, it's faster, it's meaner, it's yeah. sometimes scarier, more suspenseful at yeah. times. It's it's really, yeah. it's it's quite a masterful motion picture. It's 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 very yes, very solid, and um, especially like we said, given all the behind-the-scenes drama that mm-hmm. accompany it. it. It's it's insane how good this movie ended up being. Yeah, It kind of reminds me structurally of something like Back to the Future 2, where mm-hmm. they take, like, the things that worked from the first one, and they throw them into a blender, and then they spit it back out, and mm-hmm. they add in a couple new ingredients, and, um, yeah, then you get something that's... It, it, it continues the, the character arcs from the first one, um... Because sequels are hard. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, you know, and you know, it's it's. Um, how, how do you continue this story without making it seem like the exact same thing? Mm-hmm. But also, if it's too different, then you get a lot of complaints that way. So it's it's, it's you can't always win. Yeah. I think it's really hard yeah. to to win. I I I think what you what you said about Dream Warriors, especially, is is true. Yeah. Like that's one where it yes. seems like that one won over most of the fans. I mean, I'm sure there's still yeah. some that are like, well, that's when Freddy first kind of became sort of funny. So I hate it anyway. But, sure. you know, I think most people really like that. It seems like most people like scream too. Although I have recently heard some people find it dull and boring. I'm like, I don't know how, like, how you can find it boring. There's so much going on every, every five seconds. Yeah. Good Lord. It's, it's one that I've warmed up to now. I love it. Um, when I was younger, I didn't for some reason as mm-hmm. much, but I, I I don't know. I feel like I just understand it a little more what they were going for right. with a lot of these things. Like not to say that people who dislike this movie they don't get it, but you know I, I do think mm-hmm. I don't know. It's I, I just think that it does so much right that it's hard for me to be like yeah. Uh, it's hard to be like why 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 don't you like this movie? Mm-hmm. You know I I, I don't know. Um, it, it's it, in saying that it's two hours long and yet it yeah. it breezes by. For the most it's part, yeah. There's kind of insane. 
in the middle, maybe a little bit of lulling for me, but for mm. it, 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 everything else I think is quite good. And then there's some stuff that like, does this really need to be here that doesn't really go anywhere with like, mm. well, we'll get to it, but like yeah. the, the, the names stuff of the, the killer, the killing people oh, with yeah, the same that names whole thing, and everything which else. They bring back in part four kind of like the they whole co- yeah. copycat vibe and then they discard yeah. that again. I'm like, so yeah. what's with the killers? They're too lazy, lazy, lazy to really follow through. Yeah, yeah. Is that what that's, they're trying to say? That serial killers yeah. are lazy? Yes. How kind dare of, they? A, a strange little plot point yeah. there. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's a very, like, high drama movie, mm-hmm. too. Like, very, very high. I mean, you get a lot of focus on movie theaters and stage theaters and mm-hmm. film schools, and it's yeah. all just heightened and um, theatrical and it is very theatrical it It really embraces embraces the fact that like this is a movie about movies and Mm -hmm. about theater and about um how that is represented in life and yada 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 yeah um there's some quote what does mickey say something about you know it's it's art imitating life imitating life or life imitating art imitating life and it's just uh i think that's kind of a big theme throughout the movie that everything Mm -hmm. is just uh just pumped up to like a, a uh, 150% type thing, which yeah. I, I think is what a good sequel should do. You know, mm-hmm. it needs to pump everything up and um, uh, just keep you engaged that way. So, yeah. Um, That's fantastic. It does bug me a little bit that nobody really talks about Tatum. Like, she gets one mention in this movie. Like, she was Dewey's sister. <laughs> yeah. Like, nobody talks about this. Like, no one ever talks about her after the first yeah, movie, basically. It's so weird. <laughs> they mentioned her once in passing in this, and that's it. Like, while they're naming off victims or something. Oh, but it's like, Tatum. come on. Yeah, it's um, like, I think she gets like a little dash of blood on the garage door in Scream 3 on the, on the set. Oh, right. That's really yeah. about it. Yeah. But then I'm like, sad. why would that blood still be there? Yeah. Like that doesn't make sense. <laughs> oh, oh, sad, Tatum. sad, sad. Um, Maybe five cream will just have like a whole like remember when montage of like can you in imagine? the arms of the angel. <laughs> it's our friend Tatum. If only, if only. There are weirder things they could do. I don't know. It's true. Remembering all the people who have died over the years. Oh, yes. What if Sydney's named her child Tatum? Oh, that'd be there cute. We go. That would be adorable. That'd be nice. Or Randy, you know. Or Randy, or Derek, yeah, or Derek, any of these Derek. people, because she's—I don't know. Anyone who gets close to her seems to die, so except sad. for Dewey, <laughs> Dewey, or Gail. Although, listen, Dewey should have probably died in this one because yeah. that looked very violent. Um. Yeah, he gets stabbed was, like three times or something in, in the back. It's yeah. it's. And he's just, like, left there for, like, six hours. Like, I'm pretty sure he would have yeah. bled out. Yeah. It's a little unrealistic. Gail, Gail gets shot yeah. again. <laughs> right? Because she was shot. You got more one, lives right? than a cat. Yeah. 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 More lives than a cat, Gail. <laughs> uh, Man. Yeah, it's true. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's that's the, the big stuff, I guess. Yeah. Um, so what's going on, I guess? Oh, God, there's so much, Kevin. Oh, Giraffe it, it, in, motherfuckers. It's a, it's a dense <laughs> it's movie. So there's dense. constantly stuff happening. There's a lot of moving parts in this movie. It's like, okay, we're here, now we're over here, now we're over here. It's constantly it's crazy. going. Well, at least the opening is pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, pretty because they're opening a new movie called Stab, which is based on the Woodsboro Murders by Gail Weathers, a book that she wrote about the events of the first movie. 
and it's a big packed opening and there's a couple Maureen and Phil and yeah. Maureen kind of wants to go see the Sandra Bullock movie across the street Phil's like that's stupid we're gonna go see this movie and she's like why do I want to see this movie it's just a bunch of dumb girls getting cut the fuck up like who cares you know mm-hmm. and um and once they're there like she starts getting uncomfortable because she hears people talking about how it's all based on on a true story and she's already kind of nervous about watching a scary movie to begin with and as we watch this movie on screen it's it's just it's replaying the whole opening of the first film with drew barrymore now it's heather graham playing the the (laughs) the part but everything is so exaggerated like there's a Mm -hmm. there's a thunderstorm outside and she's about to take take a shower and it's like it's it's all very like cheesy Hollywood horror cliches. Yeah. uh, This is why the scary movies, at least the first one, never really worked very well for me because Scream was already parodying itself. Like, even by the second one. Pretty much, (laughs) And, um... And there's a there's a point where she is attacked by someone in, in a ghost face mask when she goes to get her, um... her concessions... And yeah. it turns out to be Phil, and he's just playing a prank. And she's like, "Oh, I hate that. I don't like to be scared." And he's like, oh, "You should like it. It's you know, it's primal. It's a good thing." Mm-hmm. And so she goes back, and and he goes to the bathroom, where he is stabbed in the ear by someone in the next stall. Yeah, you'd have to press pretty hard to get this knife through yeah. there. Yeah, what's this knife or made he, he of? Does. I don't understand what this knife is made of. Like, it's pretty. Intense. I think this is. Again, we assume you've seen the movie, folks, so you know who the killers are. But yeah. I, I would assume this might be Debbie because she, you hear you hear some mumbling about like yeah. "Mommy, help me, Mommy," yeah. and I'm like that sounds kind of Debbie-esque. But yeah, good um, old Debbie. Good old and Debbie. Uh, and the killer puts on his clothes and the mask and goes to meet Maureen in the theater. And the theater is pandemonium at this point. It's a bunch of big horror f- fans, and they're all dressed up and screaming. So everyone has a ghost face costume because they're handing them out so this is oh, yeah, not this good this is theater, gonna not this is not well. what happens in a screen movie yeah. no not i wish it was i've been to this is <laughs> this, this is a rocky rocky horror showing here <laughs> yeah. this is insane and they're all like yelling and throwing things and so the killer sits down next to maureen and she starts to realize i don't think this is phil and she sees that there's blood on his jacket and she screams at the same yeah. moment, everyone else is screaming, and the killer stabs her in the stomach, and no one's paying attention because they're all for, for freaking out and throwing things and running in the aisles. And yeah. she makes her way up to the the platform in front of the screen and just, like, shrieks, this unholy shriek. And then they all kind yeah. of – it's this great moment. It's so sad. Where they Again, all just realize, like, what's going on. What's happening. And she's giving this, like, Macbeth monologue up oh there. Oh, my and, God. Like, dying. And it's, it's, it's insane. It's and so it, yeah, dramatic. It, it's a great way to yes. o- open a movie. Although, yeah. I, I will say, it seems like they saw who, He Knows You're Alone. He Knows You're Alone. it's yep. basically yep. the exact same concept. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Slightly different. Tweaked a bit. It's true. It, exaggerated. But exactly. elevated. Yes. It's a very, yeah, like you said, very high. You, mm-hmm. you know what you're getting into with the sequel yeah. right from the start because everything is really uh, pumped mean, up from the original opening scene in the, the first one. The music, the Beltrami score yeah. at the last few moments is so yeah. 
overdramatic and operatic. Yes. It's like, yes. if this is how you're going to open the movie, what the fuck do you have in store for the rest of it? It's pretty that's a, nuts. That's a good way to describe this movie. It is very operatic yeah. in, the, in the sense that, like, you know, it, uh, very Shakespearean and just everything is pumped up again. Mm-hmm. It's 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 insane. And I, I think there's been some criticism about this uh, the fact that they're killing off two black characters in the mm-hmm. beginning of this, I, I think what Kevin Williamson was going for, again, speaking as a white dude here, who knows, but uh, pointing out the fact that oftentimes black characters are killed very mm-hmm. early in horror movies, particularly in the 80s. Um, and sort of just, again, the Scream has always been this sort of satire in that sense of like, let's take something that happened in the 80s and then put it on screen and sort of mm-hmm. you know make a commentary on it. And because you hear them even at the beginning of the movies sort of noting the fact that... Um, uh, black actors have traditionally been you know excluded from right. um, horror and everything else um so i do think that that was kind of the commentary and the rationale behind this uh which is not to say that if people have criticisms about oh, that course, the yeah. scene they, they're totally valid and everything well, else but it's that's interesting that's my, you know, because i remember seeing like a behind the scenes thing where rebecca gayhart talk talked about how she read for all of the parts in the film and one of them was maureen so mm. I'm assuming they yeah. just kind of cast the best actors for the parts, and I don't know. But then it obviously they they had to rewrite stuff based on the race. Yeah. So I'm I'm yeah. wondering how that all worked. You know, like because it's it true. Seems like maybe that yeah. wasn't in the first draft, but then they cast Jada and Omar, and we're like maybe we yeah. should do something with this and kind of make it more of a commentary on something. race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's definitely a little bit of dialogue there that yeah, yeah. That suggests that um, you know they knew what they were doing mm-hmm. with that. Definitely. Um, and I think it was also commentary on the fact that Scream had no black characters except for yeah. like the the the, um, the news anchor at one point mm-hmm. is you know, the black woman who's playing right. uh, the news anchor. But uh, so they might have just been sort of almost pointing that you know making commentary on that as well Mm -hmm. like okay well you know uh, they have been you know excluded from horror films much Mm -hmm. like the one we just did basically and uh (laughs) exactly um so yeah that's what again that's just our read on this Mm -hmm. um but that's what we think anyway what's next um but yeah then so so after that insane opening uh we go to windsor college where sydney is uh awoken in her dorm room by a phone call and a very familiar voice is on the other line and yeah. she's like oh shit but then she checks her caller id and it's some like douche bro guy and she's like i got your number this is a federal offense buster and he's like oh shit and uh, and then her roommate hallie comes in and she's like what's wrong and she's like uh it's opening weekend i be- better get used to all this crap because they're gonna do it you know yeah. and then um they discover on the news that there was a murder at the screening and it's starting up again. Dun, dun, dun. And there's also an interview with Cotton Weary because we're bringing Cotton back. back yeah. and, and the person interviewing him is Kevin Williamson. So I guess oh, he found right. time to come out of the Weinstein writing dungeon <laughs> and do this cameo. That's um, great. And uh, and yeah, so he's talking about how he just wants to put his life back on track, and he was wrongly accused, but things are gonna get good for him, you know. Yeah, so he's kind yeah. of on this weird publicity tour where you're kind of like, "What are you doing, Cotton? Like, just let it go." Uh, this is gonna come back and 
the third one too. Oh yes, so. very much so. One hundred percent, you could say. Yes, and um, and so then Randy is in a film class, and they're discussing sequels. And here we meet Cece. This film class, yeah, yeah I, I, it it's weird a to me that they're talking about these sequels from different genres mm-hmm. and sort of just throwing them all into the same yeah, like The Godfather. Like, and so I'm like, okay, like that's The not Godfather a movie. mixed with like yeah, mixed with the House, the second story, and yeah. just like uh, aliens like, and stuff, and, aliens yeah. and stuff. Yeah, uh, Terminator and Terminator Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like you need to pick a genre if you're going to start talking about like sequels yeah. sucking or not se- sucking mm-hmm. here, you know. Yes. And Joshua Jackson is Joshua in there too. Joshua Jackson randomly in there. One scene. Randomly in there. Yes. Um yes. and I believe this was actually a reshoot. Originally they shot this scene in like an odd auditorium, but they wanted to give yeah. Sarah Michelle Geller an extra scene. So they put her in that there. That would make sense. So yeah. That would make sense. A little reshoot. Yeah, and, and um, this is this was a good way to sort of promote the fact that, you know, Buffy and uh, Joshua Jackson being in Dawson's Creek, yeah. which is about to come out in, a, so in a, like a week or two after this so movie comes weird. out, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, and Sydney comes in and finds Randy, and she's like, "It's happening again. This is not good." And he's taking it sort of lightly, you could say. He's just like, you know, yeah. if this is really gonna happen, like maybe it doesn't have to do with us. Like, you know, let's just try to have a normal life. And and it's like he kind of has a crush on her a bit, and. All of a sudden, here comes this guy, Derek, who is Sydney's boyfriend, who's like the all-American jock type. You know, mm-hmm. he seems very sweet, but you know, yeah. Randy's a little peeved because you know he wants Sydney. He's a little, maybe a little basic. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he's a... <laughs> a little bit basic, but <laughs> yeah. And uh, and so she goes off with him, and um, then it is time to be reacquainted with Miss Gail Weathers. Gail Weathers in her Gale perfect Weathers. red highlights. I love and the streaks, style the and the streaks. The yeah, haircut is like, was very flattering. This is peak Gail Weathers hair. It never got any gorgeous. better than this, I don't She's think. fucking this was, gorgeous this was the best. in this. Just this oh, the best. so good. And she has a new cameraman named Joel. And Joel, Joel is a little concerned given the, um, the, the problems that arise with her last camera, yes. cameraman, yes. Kenny. Yes. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, Joel is also self-aware enough to to know that in horror films, you know, the the black character exactly. like himself, you know, might not make it. So again, there's a lot of commentary on this. Definitely. This little bit in here. And uh, and Gail tries to stage an interview, a surprise interview with Sydney and Cotton, and Sydney's not having any of that shit. Yeah. And Cotton's like, I just want to put things behind us and move on. And there is a, another little uh, whack that Sydney gives Gail to show her appreciation of being surprised. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, Did you get that on film? <laughs> yes, I got that on film. I love that line. That's so funny. Uh, Which I believe was an improvised line that I, I learned from Still Screaming. It was improvised. It works. Yeah, it works I love very it. well. And, um... Oh, and Dewey's got a nice little Dewey limp Dewey returns because... with, with a limp because of his limp. severed nerve. Severed nerve. <laughs> And he's all like, oh, Sid, if there's some crazy killer trying to get you, they're probably already in your life, which, you know, not exactly mm. comforting words. <laughs> um, and oh, we also meet Debbie Salt, who is a Debbie local Salt. news person who Gail is yes. not a fan of because she's a little too um, aggressive. She's a little aggressive, a little yeah. clingy. Mm-hmm. Uh, she also has dyed her hair red, which yep. should be a 
little sign here that mm-hmm. something is up. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's all over Gail and trying to get her to you know answer questions and everything else. And where Gail is just like, get out of my fucking face. Yeah. You know, your flattering remarks are both desperate and obvious. <laughs> end quote. <laughs> and Gail and Dewey meet back up. And Dewey has a little beef with Gail because the way yeah. she depicted him in the Woodsboro murders was a little less flattering. Um, yeah, yeah. with his Barney Fifeish air and everything, and mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and he's he has that great line. It's like, how do you know that my dim-witted inexperience isn't just a subtle form of manipulation used to lower people's ex- expectations, thereby it, 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 it enhancing my abilities to effectively maneuver within any given situation. I just think it's <laughs> I, so I love cute. You memorize that. I don't know yes. why I know this line. It just always made me laugh. <laughs> He's adorable. Yeah. He's so he's, sweet. He's, and you can tell like, he still has feelings for her. She has feelings for him. And it's like a will they, yeah. won't they thing. And she like mm-hmm. tr- tr- tries to touch his face and he kind of pulls back. And you're like, oh, this is this this is going to build to something really sweet. And you, you always know something's going to happen between them because you hear the theme song mm-hmm. and the, the, the score. It's so cute. <laughs> And here come the sorority sisters, Sister Lois and <laughs> Sister Murphy. Um, they are big fans of Sydney. They want to invite her to their sorority, so they want her to come to this party that night. And she's not really feeling it, but Hallie kind of want, wants to pledge, so yeah. Sydney's like, okay, I'll go because you're going to go. I like the quote about, like, you know me and organized religion. And she's like, <laughs> it's a sorority house, and she's like, worse. <laughs> And then let me think. Then I, it is just kind of cuts to that night, right? Um, the party is there? Anything yeah, else? there's so I, much I that's going on in this movie. We get to Cece. Uh, I don't know if Cece doesn't party sh- show up again until that night. Okay, because she's at the house all by herself. Oh, yeah, is it Omega Beta Zeta? Something think, like yeah. that. Delta New. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Delta New New Um. And she starts to get these phone calls from this weird guy who she thinks is her yeah. b- boyfriend Ted. I don't know why. Yeah. And um, and it's this this oh, and we have a, creepy dude. A nice little small appearance by Marisol Nichols, who is like Dawn from. Or sorry, that, that's her character's name in this, but she's in like Vegas Vacation yeah, and yeah. has done a lot of Aud- other stuff. So that's Audrey a in that, yeah. Audrey, yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she's uh, one of the soror sorority girls who kind of comes in and mm-hmm. gives her a little scare. Yeah. And uh, so Cece is just getting these creepy calls and is all like, did you forget to s- set the alarm and stuff? So now she knows that clearly they're listening in on all the conversations. Um, and then the killer pops out and chases her up the stairs and throws her through a window and stabs her in the back and then throws her off the roof because it's all big and operatic. It's insane. It's a yeah, lot of stuff. She's throwing throwing stuff at him like we said and, and plants a plant and, and a bicycle and, bicycle and, and whatever she, she can find whatever she can find it's always very sad oh scene. yeah uh but yeah she does not make it Mm-mm. and then at the party sid's about to leave and she gets a phone call and it's the killer and he's like i'm back and she's like oh no and then she and and and, and she's like oh yeah well why don't you show yourself you coward and then he's like, my pleasure. And he shows up and she's trapped in the house because Ghostface is in front of the door and it's locked. And Derek's trying to get in and there's a big chase. And then Derek runs inside and then here comes Dewey limping in, you know, and he's like, where's the killer? And Sid's like, he's in there with Derek. Save him. 
and Dewey walks in and finds Derek with his arm slashed. But of course he didn't see the arm getting slashed, so he's like, hmm, maybe he could be lying. There are a lot of red herrings in this yes. movie. It keeps, keeps you guessing, yes. And then Sister Lois and Sister Murphy are just like, is everything okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> just like show up at the end. <laughs> because they're the killers. <laughs> planting that seed for five cream i'm telling you Mm -hmm. and uh and so then like you know there's like a whole police station thing where you know she's uh, sid talks to um the character we've not mentioned yet mickey who is like a film nerd like randy but we don't really get a good read on him but he he seems like he's close with sydney because he has this little heart to heart with her yeah they're apparently friends that maybe they work together in the theater tech oh yeah i, I think know. they do I, th- I think they say yeah. something about that um something yeah and yeah so there's a little thing like like that so, so she's getting a little nervous about derek you know just because of her past history and stuff yeah. and then um gail and dewey try to figure out the the reasonings behind the killing so they talk to the sheriff and and he's like yeah. trying to uh, figure out why they they would do this and and they're putting all the victims names on the blackboard and Gail's like wait a second this looks familiar Marine is also Marine Prescott and then right. Phil was uh, who was Phil wasn't that Casey's boyfriend Phil was the boyfriend You're I right. believe yes and then Cece is apparently short for Casey, which I didn't know that. Um, okay. Yeah. So I guess I, that's, that's Casey Becker. <laughs> and so they're like, wait a second. There's a copycat. They're they're trying yeah. to do this, which yeah. this is the last we will hear of this plot point in the, in the movie. It just disappears after this. It's a scene and, uh... that could have probably be cut and the film would be fine. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's, it's ever a... brought up again. It adds, I guess, intrigue mm-hmm. to the, you know, the proceedings. And... Yeah. I, I, given that Mickey is probably the one who wants to do this, he's yeah. just trying to create a lot of confusion. Maybe you could argue that. And mm-hmm. I don't know. It's strange. Uh, I, I do appreciate that it, at like two points, Debbie pretty much comes out and tells you that she's one of the killers. Like She's like, <laughs> um, uh, what is she saying? She's trying to get Gail's attention. She's like, it just seems to me that the killer is repeating what happened in Woodsboro, that the killer <laughs> could be from Woodsboro. That's all. <laughs> and then earlier on, Mickey Listen, says local something, woman. something. Yeah. <laughs> And then earlier on, Mickey says something that, like, pretty much implicates him, too. It's just about, like, how, um, I can't remember what he says. Maybe it was the life imitating art, imitating life thing, Mm -hmm. because that's kind of what his whole motivation is. Um, blame the movies and everything else, you know? And, uh, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, just little things when you go back and rewatch it. It's like, oh, I, I, they're pretty much just telling you right off the bat that they're the killer. But you don't notice it when you're watching it the first time or the first couple right. times. But, you know, it's it's, it's there. And, but yeah. then you got Sydney and Derek, and he's kind of trying to win her back. So he does this, like, yeah. impromptu musical number uh, in the cafeteria. Yeah. yeah. You know, I give him props for it. Um, yeah. But, oh, it's, man, it's, it's another cringy. Scene that it's, it's, it's very cringy. <laughs> I like watching uh, – Timothy Oliphant in the background because he is just like living Doing it up and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I can't wait to kill you, dude. You've just made this so yeah. much easier. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. And It's a scene that probably could have been cut, but yeah, you know, whatever. But it's see, there. you have to have it because this is where Derek gives Sid his fraternity um, the letters, letters on her neck. Yeah. So 
she has that now. And then there's also these bodyguards that are like following her for her protection now. One of them is gay. Mm-hmm. So there's that. And one is looks like Kevin Costner, which I don't understand, but I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, and uh, and then there's drama at the theater department where she's doing this pr- pr- production of Cassandra. Where she is drama Cassandra. Drama the theater department. Wow. That, that never happens. It's a <laughs> very well-adjusted group of people in the theater world. And uh, and she's not sure she can commit to this role. You know, she's having her doubts. And her professor's like, no, you're a fighter. And she's like, I'm, I'm a fighter. And he's like, I don't believe you. And she's like, I'm a fighter. He's like, there you go. There you go. Now you yeah. get your ass on that stage. You be Cassandra. This is a fun role for uh, veteran david warner here mm-hmm. in this theater teacher role oh yeah probably and like a, flew in for one day and was like yay yeah. a paycheck this is great <laughs> i like how the end is like there's no understudy i'm desperate you have to do this <laughs> which why would you not cast an understudy but i okay. know i guess the department was just short-staffed i don't know maybe so yeah. she's rehearsing this whole thing and it's this big dramatic you know like i don't it it's a very impressive college production it is I have to admit yeah and, the production uh, values are pretty impressive, yeah. And there's all these chorus got, like, people in these masks and yeah, these robes. Yeah. So, of course, yeah. Ghostface sneaks in. And you're not sure if, like, Sydney's hallucinating. Like, is it, like, a gaslighty thing? What's going on? Yeah. But it could be real. I'm going to choose that, to believe it's real. Yeah. Yeah. Very – the Greek, Greek tragedy, that's mm-hmm. another way you can describe this yes. movie along with the operatic stuff mm-hmm, and everything. Definitely. It's just – it's all sort of baked into here. And, yeah. Uh, I love it. Um but yeah, the costumes are cool. They're mm-hmm. like all in these shrouds and everything else. And she thinks that one of them is Ghostface. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she it's has like a breakdown. And and then Derek shows up. And I think he was supposed to be playing that part or something. And she's like, why were you, were you not there? I think he says like he switched with Mickey, which should be a sign, right? Isn't that what yeah. he says? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. hmm, interesting. I think. So yeah. I'm guessing that was Mickey. Yeah. And... Then she's like, I just don't think I can do this relationship. I just don't trust you. Mm -hmm. And I have to kind of just be out for myself right right now. So let's just kind of take take a break. And he there's a little glint in his eye where you're like, I don't know if he's taking this well. Yeah, because he's like, I guess I'm supposed to be understanding. Okay, you got it. (laughs) All right. (laughs) It. This is yeah. I don't know if this is maybe the best play for her to be doing with her PTSD and everything else. No, but uh, no. maybe some quack told her that this would be a good way to face her fears and everything yeah. else. But you know, well, why uh, not a production of the pa- the pajama game? You know, right? Something yeah, light uh, and fluffy. A streetcar named Desire. I don't know. Because <laughs> that's light and fluffy. Yes. <laughs> light and fluffy. <laughs> Death of a salesman. You know, yeah. I don't know. She'd be a great Willie. She'd be wonderful. <laughs> I was Willie Loman. <laughs> you sure were, Sid. You sure were. Until the we whole also get a couple references to died. like, yes, to, uh, we get references to some of the, the the friends cast randomly. Like at one point, yes, we learned that David Schwimmer ha- is playing Dewey in the movie, mm-hmm. um, and also these nude pictures of uh, Courtney Cox have leaked, leaked online, <laughs> but they're not they're not they're not her because Jennifer they're Jennifer Aniston's, Aniston's body. body. <laughs> Well, so yeah, because fun. Randy's trying to figure out the the rules of the sequel, and they're watching yes. Tori Spelling be interviewed about her performance in yeah. Stab, playing Sydney, mm-hmm. and they recreate the um the hallway scene 
from the first one <laughs> so with funny. Sydney and Billy. Luke Wilson is playing Billy. Luke Wilson, yes. <laughs> and he's got the hair with and everything. The terrible bangs so and everything ridiculous. else. <laughs> and what I love is that it is literally shot for shot. Like it looks like it's the exa- <laughs> exact same lo- location too. Yes. It's unbelievable and it just it's so funny to yeah. to see two other people doing the exact same scene word for word. There's there's self aware enough to acknowledge that that scene was kind of ludicrous in the first one, so let's just <laughs> let's give it to Tori Spelling and make it even crazier. It, it reminds me of when the 2008 election. This is random, but like when uh, uh, Tina Fey would mm-hmm. do those skits as Sarah Palin, and yeah. she didn't change. They wouldn't any change words. a word. No, they didn't change anything. You, you didn't but it have was to. so funny. <laughs> you didn't have to change it. It was ridiculous to to begin yeah. with. And and yeah, so Dewey and um, Randy are trying to figure out the rules of the sequel, and he's just like, yeah, there's a bigger body count, and you know, mm-hmm. stuff like like that. And then the death scenes are more elaborate. Like, and, true, uh, true. And then he's about to say like, what makes a good franchise? And then he gets cut off by yeah. you know, and which is kind of fun there. Mm-hmm. And I like how they sort of point the finger at each other, and they're mm-hmm. like, well. If I'm if I'm a suspect, then you could be a suspect. Yeah. <laughs> then you just see his face like, you're right. Let's move on. <laughs> and uh, then Randy te- teams up with um, Gail, Dewey, and Joel mm-hmm. to kind of be like figure out what to do next. Yeah. And they get a phone call from the killer. Randy does. And he's like, I'm watching you. And they're like, where could he be? And they're on this big like open field in the college quad it's a yeah quad i yeah. assume yeah it's it, it this is unique in the sense that you don't see a lot of daylight yeah broad daylight killing mm-hmm. scenes like yeah. this it's, and, i think so it was, makes it so much more surprising when what happens happens you know, i think so because they're kind of going off trying to figure out who could be on the phone so they're just like accosting everyone who has a a cell phone. <laughs> I love when she grabs the phone. She's like, Gail Weathers, Gail Weathers, author the of the Woods Woodsboro Murder. Murder. Who is this? That's my favorite line, I think. <laughs> and then someone's like, what's your favorite scary movie? And Showgirls. Show absolutely terrifying. And he's like rounding off the names of all these like college slashers, you know, like yeah. Splatter University and, you know, the yes. house on sorority. Dorm that dripped Blood yeah. And, yeah, yeah, and um, and then he he starts to badmouth the killers from the first movie. He's like, "Why would you want to copy B- B- Billy and Stu? I mean, they're pathetic." Yeah. And he just goes off yeah. and off. And he's right by a van, and the killer jumps out of the van, pulls him in, like bashes his body on the glass, and just stabs him like four thousand times. Yeah. And you're like, "This is whoa!" Didn't expect that. Cool. He probably shouldn't have called Billy a rat-looking homo-repressed mama's boy. I mean, he, you listen, know. you know, that it's not like he's he's, he's wrong, I guess. But well, it, it fits the description. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Little did he know that yes, someone was lurking in this van. But yes. and of course, Gail opens the van and she has the amazing scream. I love her mm-hmm. scream there. And uh, yes. Randy's most definitely dead. I mean, it's it's he's drenched in blood. And he has left the plane of existence. Yes. At the same time, Sydney is doing some 
college work on her computer in the library and she gets this library research of sorts you know sort of (laughs) adjacent and um and she gets this message this like instant message this very rudimentary uh instant Mm -hmm. message that's like i can see you uh do you want to die tonight and she's like where could it be coming from so her bodyguards are trying to find who could be on the computer and so they go yeah, and like leave her alone, and yeah. and then it has to be someone in the library because it's only hooked up to internet exactly. in the library through the network. So there it was a different time, and different time, yes. um, Cotton pops out and he's all like, "Hey, so um, I got this interview request from Diane Sawyer, but she only wants to do it if you come with me." And and she's like, yeah. I'm "Not really feeling it right now, Cotton. It's not a good time <laughs> for me, you know." And he and and he's like, "Sid, I get that, but it." It's Diane Sawyer. Hello. And he does that thing where he like knocks on her head. Like, and she's just like, um, don't touch me. He's really good in this. He's really great. You never know when he's going to sort of snap like that. Yeah. Like you can tell he's like trying to hold back his impulses Mm -hmm. and everything. Cause like this, this girl just accused him of murder and ruined his life. And he's like, you know what? I'm trying to work with you here. And uh, you're not really working with me. I'm trying to be a good person, Sydney. Like I'm trying. Lovable, fucked up Sydney Prescott. Everybody (laughs) loves her. (laughs) And of course he comes out with that and they tackle him. And he's at the police station, and he is now a suspect. And and he's like, "What have I done here? Really? What have I done? You know?" And Gail is even kind of like questioning if maybe he's the killer too. And then she leaves, and Joel's like, "So I'm out. Um, I read what happened to your last cameraman. The guy got gutted." And she's like, "Actually, I made that up. His throat was slashed." And he goes, (laughs) "Slashed." gutted the man is not in the union anymore <laughs> so good. and he just like takes a taxi and is like peace out yep he's gone he, he's good call he's no Smartest longer in the, the character movie. in the movie and yep. um then i love this scene so much because then she has this moment with dewey where she's like i feel really bad i never say that but i feel bad mm-hmm. now and she just yeah. wants to find this fucker mm-hmm. and so they decide to go and look at Joel's tapes in the research room to see if there's any suspect stuff on on there. Yeah. And they have this this cute little team up where they go out and they and they and they find a, a, a big like lecture hall with a TV mm-hmm. and they start to go through these tapes just to see if there's anything interesting on them. And then they kind of start flirting and because mm-hmm. Joel has captured their um their meetup where they were kind of at each other's throats and Gail kind of apologizes and Dewey's like, I was rude. I shouldn't have done that. And then they just start making out and it's cute. We're like, yes, get together. Y'all you're such a good couple. (laughs) And then all of a sudden the tapes switch and it's something else. It's people. We realize that it's the victims who have been filmed before they've died. And she's like, Dewey, that's not my footage. What the hell? This should be a little bit of a giveaway, too, because it has to be someone who knows how to work a camera mm-hmm. and maybe That's is in the right. film department. Maybe, and they're intent. possibly. Yeah. Yes, and yes. they see that Ghostface is in the projection room thing, and they're like, oh, God, we got to go up there. So Dewey rushes up there, and then uh, Ghostface is gone. He comes back down the stairs, and then Ghostface pops up b- behind Gale. Gale hits him in the face with a phone. You know, and <laughs> he hit me with a phone, dick! And then rushes down the hall because De- Dewey, due to his severed nerve, falls down yes. the stairs once again. He takes so many spills in this, really. 
Yes. And um, and so and she runs down the hall. There's this great chase scene, and she's like hiding in like this like soundproof studio, kind of trying oh, to hide so behind the yeah. barriers. Yeah. It's really well done. I love this scene. Yeah. And, you don't um, get too many Courtney later on. You do, but like mm-hmm. up until this point, you don't get too many like Courtney like uh, chase sequences no, or anything. No. So this is nice. It's to really, really good. focus on her and and yeah. uh, and then Dewey shows back up in this like soundproof booth on the other side and, and he's trying to get her attention but she can't yeah. hear him and the killer comes in be, be behind him and stabs him in the back and he's spewing blood and everything and he he grabs a microphone and turn turns it on and is like gail he's here you know it's and meanwhile marco beltrami score is oh like my God. at an 11 at this it point is, and just there's like, like a wire it's like oh <laughs> As he's being killed, like this, just like yeah. the blood's going down the windows. Gail's crying and grabbing the glass. It's so over dramatic and wonderful. High drama tragedy. And yes. she she pushes a bookcase in front of the door so Ghostface can't get in, and she just kind of waits mm-hmm. until Ghostface is gone, and then she can kind of breathe again. And then Sydney is being taken away by her Secret Service pe- people, like she's like the mm-hmm. f- first child or something <laughs> basically and um and Dar- Chelsea Clinton over here. yes and she is allowed to bring Hallie which I find interesting because how if 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 she had in fact been the, the killer that would have been a really bad choice I feel like she should have just been alone but that's just me yeah um yeah. but I love Hallie so I'm glad she's here because really she's a very good friend I find Hallie very underappreciated as a horror film character she's very supportive she- She's supportive. You know, she doesn't really supportive. get much of a character outside of being supportive. Yeah. Like not like even I feel like even Brandy has more of a character mm-hmm. than Hallie does. That's true. You know, I like still, that she's yeah. just she's just so nice. She and is yes. um and so they go off and Derek shows up and he's all like I guess this, this is the last time I'm gonna see you. Blah blah. It's like oh Derek stop whining. And um, this isn't about you, Derek. God damn it. Mm-hmm. And um, and then they leave in the police car and all these people in robes start coming out. And you're like, oh, my God, is it all the killers? Or are there like 50 killers in this movie? And mm-hmm. it turns out it's just his fraternity brothers who were angry that he gave Sidney his letters. And they grab him and take him to a night of partying where they stick like funnels down his pants of beer. Like, it's just a whole stupid thing. It's so Greek. Yeah, it's so, Greek. It's so ridiculous. And then Sydney and Hallie are at the stoplight, and um, all of a sudden, Ghostface pops out and kills the driver of the car. And the other yeah. bodyguard gets out and tries to shoot him, but then Ghostface gets in the car and like runs him over through like this pole that like g- g- goes through his head. And now the yeah. the the car is like blocked, so they can't get out. And the only way that they can get out while Ghostface is knocked out is to crawl through the grate. And so they have to, like, open the grate. This scene is so intense. It's just that's so scary. It's very And they're trying to get through it. And, like, at one point, like, Sydney accidentally, like, hits the uh, – oh, bleh. I don't have words. Um, the, the horn. <laughs> Car, yeah. And you're like, she's oh, like no, Sydney. The... She's going to pull the mask off. Yeah, and it's that so scary. Work, and, and she gets through, and then she tries to get Hallie out, and her door's locked. And she's like, Hallie, you're going to have to go through. And she's like, God damn it. And so she has to go through, too. And you're just so scared that he's going to wake up and grab them at any second. And they finally both get out, and then Sid's like, I want to go back. And Hal, Hal, Hallie's like, what? And she's like, I want to know who this is. I want to take off the mask because we can figure out who it is, and this will be done. And she's like, listen – 
smart people leave, stupid people would go back. And she's like, but I'm going to do it. So she goes back, and of course, Ghostface is now gone. And he pops out behind Hallie, stabs her, and then Sid is on the run again. And Gail comes out of her hiding place and runs right into Cotton, who's drenched in blood. Not a good look for him. And she's like, stay away from me. And he's like, "It, it wasn't me. I found Dewey, and I'm trying to help. And she's running out, screaming, help me. And then she sees Debbie at the phone, and she's like, give me the phone. And she's like, I I, I know who the ki- killer is. It's Cotton fucking Weary. And her face. Like, Cotton, Cotton Weary. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Also random, but I like the little, before the cop was killed, I like the little don't ask, don't tell. Oh, yeah. That's, that's fun, too. Yeah. But anyway. I do yes. like that. And uh, and so now Sydney is on the run. She decides to go back to the college, and she hears this music booming from the the uh, theater department. So she goes in on stage, and of course, everything is all set up, and no no one's there. But there's a big spotlight that hits her, and then all of a sudden, this big thing flies out from the the um the catwalk, and it's uh, someone in a mask, one of those Greek masks, tied to like a big star or something in their underwear. She takes off the mask it's, and it's Derek. She's like, what the hell? Jesus Christ superstar up in here. So yeah. weird. She's like, what the hell is this? And then all of a sudden, here comes Ghostface walking up and is and is like, don't you know, history re- repeats itself. And they take off the mask and it's Mickey. <gasps> and he's the whole time. He's trying to make her think that maybe Derek is in on this whole thing. He's like, I've mm. been on on my own since Derek here disappeared on my ass. And he Derek's like, don't believe him, Sid. This is not, you know, this is not real. And like, boyfriend killer, boyfriend killer, boyfriend killer. Boyfriend killer. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so Derek keeps trying to persuade her. Eventually, M- Mickey's just like, fuck it, pulls out a gun, shoots him. Yeah. And that's when you realize Derek wasn't the killer. And it's really sad. It's really, really sad. Yeah, this guy gets shot right in the heart. Poor guy and, uh, has to bleed out there. Oh. And- you know? And Sid it's tries like, to stop the bleeding because she's just a good person, you know. Yeah. And um, and then Mickey just starts starts to stalk her and sort of explain why he wants to do this whole thing. And it's interesting it's, for slasher movies how much these movies tend to turn into gunfights by the end. They really do. There's always the guns <laughs> involved. Yeah. yeah. And anyway, um, interesting. I do love that um. You know, he's talking about Billy, and she pulls off the necklace that De- Derek gave her, and he's just going on and on. And she's like, "Well, there's there's one thing you forgot about Billy." And he's like, "What's that?" He's like, "I fucking killed him." And then she s- slices him in the eye with that ne- yes. necklace and kicks him. And there's a big, uh, a big, uh, a big fight and stuff. And then. There's like a, there there's a noise and he's like who who could that be someone's waiting in the wings could it be the second mm-hmm. killer mm-hmm. and all of a sudden the door opens and Gail walks out and she's like Gail how could you and then we see Gail's being led by Debbie Salt Debbie Salt and yes. she just goes Mrs Loomis and then Mickey goes Billy's mother nice twist and Gail's, didn't Gail's see like, it coming did you I get yeah. I, Gail's like, how could this be? I've seen pictures of you. Like, <laughs> this is sixty pounds and a whole lot of work later. It's called a makeover. You should try it. You You're getting a little it. tired yourself there, Gail. 
It's so good. Great. <laughs> and yeah, because Mickey has given his motivations, Motive, yeah. and they're really flawed. And he's essentially he's going to blame. He the wants movies. to get caught. Yeah, yeah. He's going to blame the movies. He's going to get Bob Dole on the to, witness stand. In yeah, his defense. On the witness stand, the Christian Coalition will pay his legal fees. <laughs> it's airtight, Sid. <laughs> he'll get Johnny Cochran, and uh, it's it is not airtight. It's a stupid it's ass. Really but... not. I don't think he'd get off. But okay. No. And see, but Mrs. Loomis's motive isn't as 90s as mickey's yes it's yes. it's just good old-fashioned revenge because she killed S- sydney killed her son and now she wants revenge the way she says you that know? yeah the delivery is so yeah. good too she can't think of anything you more rational. my son <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah. so mickey's getting a little too uh a little too sure here and and uh, Mrs. Loomis is like, you know what, Mickey? There's not going to be a trial. And he's like, what? And she pulls out a gun and just shoots him dead. But in the meantime, yeah. he pulls out the the gun and shoots Gail in the stomach. And she falls, like, into the or- orchestra pit. Mm-hmm. It's like, that can't be good for poor Gail. No. And now it's just Mrs. Loomis and Sydney, And it's glorious. It's great. I love how... She could have just tracked down Sydney and mm-hmm. killed her at any point. Yeah. <laughs> but instead, she found this guy on the internet yeah. in a psycho killer chat room. Which I and... don't think exists. I don't know if that's a real thing. I don't thing. think it existed. Even back then. But, uh, you know, they decided they're going to work together and for some reason kill off, <laughs> randomly kill off a bunch of college students. Yes, because, and you know, it's, it'll just be fun. I guess it'll create some sort of alibi for her, mm-hmm. and she's going to blame all the killings on her, on him, mm-hmm. and she'll get away with it. Again, the the motives are a little iffy, but whatever. Yeah, because the, 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 re- the revenge thing makes sense. Debbie yeah. Salt doesn't exist. Right. Yeah. And uh, it's all been this clutter ruse that a facade. Mm-hmm. Yes. So she is sort of just telling Sydney all this stuff, and she's like, you know. They and the part that I love though is when she's like, they always blame the parents. If they should blame anyone, they should blame your mother. I'm like, well, then you're blaming a parent again, Debbie. Right. Come on. And, and this was around the time when there, there were all those hearings and mm-hmm. at the Supreme Court and Congress about like just um, content stuff. Mm-hmm. And Tipper Gore was leading all these. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah uh, trials and everything else mm-hmm. against just the inappropriate content and yeah. how they should have like uh, more labels on everything and everything else so it's kind of poking fun at that and everything else and, which I love I love it yeah, and uh, and so she distracts Debbie by saying isn't Mickey supposed to be dead <laughs> she turns yeah. and looks and then smashes her in the in the in the head with I don't it's like a jar of like some powder or something mm-hmm. I don't know yeah, and then she goes behind the stage and works her backstage magic to make like the set fall over her, uh, and like yeah, it, she must have been paying really close attention yeah. in that tech class because she can like for you, drop Sid. these fixtures and stage yeah. props like right at the exact place where <laughs> she's gonna be. And Check your props, enough. Sid. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, so she like causes this entire like wall of rocks to like fall on Debbie and like yeah. bury her. <laughs> And then she thinks everything's good, and she runs on out, and Debbie pops out, drenched in blood. Her eyes are about the size of the planet. She looks very crazed. Yeah. And there's a big fight, and then all of a sudden, there's a gunshot, and they look, and it's Cotton. It's like, what the fuck is going on? And Debbie tries to persuade him that he's the star, and that with Sydney dead, 
he can be the main attraction. And for a long time, it looks like he's considering it. And you're like, who's he going to shoot? Who's he going to shoot? And then, and um, he's like, I bet that Diane Sawyer interview's looking pretty good right about now. And Sid's like, "Uh, consider it done. And then, bang, he shoots Debbie and she's gone. He really, like, I know they didn't go the route of making him the killer Mm -hmm. in the third one. But it kind of seems like they're setting him up to, like, because he's pretty much willing to let her die here oh yeah yeah uh, absolutely if she doesn't agree to this interview mm-hmm. and it's like okay like, dude, it's and then later he kind of pulls it back and he's like i was never gonna let you get hurt sydney it's it's fine and i'm like, like okay, okay. Sure. your eyes said otherwise cotton yeah and then gail pops up and she's like can right. you get me out of here and <laughs> jeez gail you got more lies than that cat <laughs> and then they each get get a gun and they're like um are we sure she's dead? And then here comes Mickey popping up and they shoot him like 4,000 times. <laughs> and so he's definitely dead. And then yeah. they turn to Debbie and they're like, bang, shoot her in the head just in case. Yeah. Drop yeah. the gun. And then Sydney does something so lovely. The police come, the re- reporters are there and they're trying to get a s- s- story from her. And she's like, talk to Cotton. He's the real hero. Mm-hmm. And they all go to cotton and he's like thank you sydney you know there's a little appreciation there and he's gonna be riding that 15 minutes of fame right to a talk show Mm -hmm. and everything else and then gail's about to uh to go live because um joel has returned now that there's no fear of being murdered i forgot i forgot he comes back (laughs) back and then as she's uh, about to do a uh video here comes dewey being rolled out on a stress stretcher and i i i love the noises that he's making it's like he's really <laughs> high on like pain meds yeah. or something and and, and he's just like <laughs> he's just making these noises. it's really cute and she gets in the ambulance with him and you're like oh yay and then sid walks away to the triumphant strains of uh collective soul Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. That's beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's happy ending um, for all. Happy every everything's awesome. Yeah. You know, she's finally gotten rid of the last remaining threat to her and uh, or, so or so we, we think. think. Or we so we think. Poor Sydney. And, uh, oh my god. <laughs> I love during that whole confrontation at one point they bring up the fact that it was all pretty much her mom's fault again. Mm-hmm. And they, it, it that's kind of the running theme with these movies that Maureen Prescott is kind of the de facto villain of like Poor everything Maureen. just because, yeah, she just Basically wanted just some sex, you know, she wanted some sex and she just started this, this, she triggered this storm of hatred and yes. murder. Yes. And yeah. uh, we'll, we'll learn more about Maureen in part three. She has but, a seedy yes. history. It's a sorty Hollywood past. Oh, as well. her her e true Hollywood story is about to come <laughs> up very soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a great, a great final act. It's one of the mm-hmm. best in any movie. Definitely, I just I, I, it's it's just the the theater of it and the high drama and everything well, is just pumped like, up. Laurie Metcalf's performance is just yeah. off the charts terrifying. S- Stunning. It's like you yeah. would not want to be in a dark alley with her. Like she will cut a bitch, and it's terrifying. And a few years later, she got 
cast in an episode of Desperate Housewives, mm-hmm. which even if folks, if you haven't watched Desperate Housewives, it's worth, worth watching that episode just yes. for her performance in that because it's pretty much the same type of it's thing so she's doing good. here. And it's, it's so, so good. It's so great. Oh, Laurie uh, Metcalf, national treasure. National treasure, wonderful human being. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, great sequel, great movie. Good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. You know? That's all you, um, that's all, all you, all you can say. It's just a wonderful, yeah. solid sequel. Very meta, very self-aware. Um, and yet it doesn't feel like it's hitting you over the face with it mm-hmm. either somehow, even though it is so meta. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's still scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it hasn't become like, we'll get to three, three parts of three are very jokey. Yeah. I mean, quite a bit of three is very jokey and th- there are reasons behind that yes. to some degree, but, um, uh, I, I think scream two was sort of the last one to really still be playing up the horror and everything mm-hmm. else. And, uh, uh, not get too far into the, 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 the quirkiness of it. Cause yeah. if you go too far with the meta, then it becomes a sort of parody. Yeah. And uh, that there, there's a difference between that. There's mm-hmm. a difference between the first two screen movies and like, scary movie right you know? yeah it's 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 a um and i think scream 3 unfortunately goes a little bit further towards that yeah. angle but we're getting we'll Definitely. get to it you know yes um so tune in next week for that so tune in next week <laughs> for, for that high praise yeah. as we, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> parker posey's there so that's oh great. And she's, she's wonderful, wonderful. So she's fantastic that's it, it, so. great uh yeah it's it's worth digging up again especially with scream 5 coming out here and uh you know, doing your little stabathon and getting through all these movies. And yep. uh, yeah. um, do we have a couple couple overlooked gems to mm-hmm. wrap things up? Yeah, uh, mine this week is called A Reflection of Murder, and it is a film about a a sort of um, assholeish uh, private school teacher, and he 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 has a wife who has really poor health. And he also has a mistress who teaches at the school. And they plot together to kill him. And it doesn't oh, go according the, to plan. And if, you th- the made for if you're TV thinking, remake. it okay, sounds familiar. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was like, it's yes, because it's a remake of Diabolique <laughs> for <Right>. TV. <laughs> for made for TV. And yes. it's quite good. I was very impressed with this. I watched it on the YouTube. Um, cool. And uh, I, I thought it was a very good remake a better remake than the one from the 90s you know which has its own charms but yeah, not so great know. in terms of the remake um yeah. and so i suggested it. it's like like i said it's on the youtube so give it a shot cool yeah cool cool, cool. good times. yeah i mean i love the original yeah uh, diabolique so oh, it's a lovely not? film wonderful um i don't think i've done this one it's from fairly recent but uh and it's more of a Depending, it's it's a dark comedy, but I'll call it a horror comedy. It's the the voices with Ryan Reynolds from a couple oh, years ago. You've mentioned um, it. I don't think it's, it's been a. I think a mention. It hasn't been a gem been yet. Official, but uh, yeah. it's worth being a gem. It's it's really solid. It's uh, you got this mentally unhinged factory worker, um, who has these pets. He has one cat and one dog, and they are like one of them is a devil and one of them is the angel. Of course, the dog is the angel, <laughs> <laughs> and they're basically talking to him and telling him. Uh, whether or not he should murder someone and the dog is pretty much the voice of reason and the moral compass and um it's just it's got great characters who you care about and uh anna kendrick in a role that i don't hate and i'm not a big fan of anna kendrick so that's (laughs) that's that's something and uh it's yeah it's very quirky um but also really kind of grisly at times too it kind of walks that fine line it's like um 
a lot of psycho vibes, a lot of mixed with like Dexter and um, a lot of campy stuff as well. Um, very off kilter uh, and a very good performance from Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Reynolds as well. Um, this was like right before he took off with like the Deadpool stuff and everything that he's been doing the past couple of years. But um, uh, it, it kind of just fell under the radar for, you know, a lot of uh, things. So it's, it's worth, you know, seeking it out. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere, but it's, it's quite, quite delightful. Mm-hmm. And those are our gems. And uh, like we said, we will be back next week with Scream 3. We probably will not talk about Scream 5 in that episode. Yeah, so just no. don't be waiting for our take on that. Yeah. You'll have to wait until Scream 4 episode, mm-hmm. potentially, to get something for, the, for that. For the grand finale, we'll, we'll have yes. a, a twofer. Yeah, in the meantime, uh, you know, be safe. If you go see the movie, please wear your masks and, uh, you know. Uh, your ghost face uh, masks. Your, your, <laughs> yeah, maybe not your ghost face mask, but like you can wear your ghost face mask. But make sure you're also wearing an actual mask, too, that's going to, you know. <laughs> prevent spread of yeah disease um yeah and uh yeah i think we're we're both optimistic to a degree so i think it's it's hopefully it will i'm not gonna have huge expectations i'm just gonna go in and try to take it for what it is and um i'm gonna try to accept the the fact that it's it's not the same writer it's not the same director it's not the same composer so it's gonna they're gonna be doing their own thing but that's okay and just i'm gonna try to let them you know have their way with it and see how it goes and uh same yeah Alrighty, well, that's all for this week, I suppose. That is. Uh, that is it. Yes. So uh, stay 100% cotton, and yeah. uh, we'll see you next week, I guess. Right? <laughs> yes, we will. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. <laughs>